You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 258. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Uh, We're headed into the last week of the year, last interview of the year. How'd you all fare in the storm over the last couple days? I know here in the Merrimack Valley, it was actually... Um, mild as it goes, you know, I feel like it was what, 25 degrees here at worst, and then eight degrees in New York City. So sometimes it pays to be up here in New Hampshire, not doing so badly uh, in terms of that weather uh, uh, this uh, uh, this round. Um, all right, so I just uh, I just want to wish you all a happy holiday season, no matter what you're celebrating. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, and I hope you get some time off to spend with friends and family. Usually at the end of the year, we do a series of year in reviews, which will be coming very soon. Each year, I kind of have a different flavor on it. It could be just a general year in review of the podcast, of, of news stories of the year. I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to spin it this year, but I'm looking very, um, I'm looking forward very much uh, to doing this and taking a broader view as uh, um, a lot of technology is moving very fast. In particular, AI is moving very fast. So in that vein, I'm very glad to have today's guest live in the studio. My guest today does a lot He is a hacker, an entrepreneur, an investor, a philanthropist. But in today's interview, we're talking to him as the founder and CEO of a new tech startup called Sports Visio that's using innovations in image and video detection uh, and machine learning that shows promise in changing the game, pun intended, for basketball uh, to start, basketball to start in terms of automatically tagging, scoring, and processing raw video. And it's pretty amazing what they've been able to achieve and, and what it looks like they, they can achieve in the future. And um, all this is something that's very expensive to do manually and is in high demand, as you'll see. So let's get excited for our next guest today, Jason Syverson. Jason Syverson, you've reached the local maximum. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. This is really exciting to have an in-person uh, guest live in the studio in Salem, New Hampshire. So thank you for trudging through what they're calling the storm of the century, although it doesn't seem that bad for, for New Hampshire uh, to get here. really appreciate it today. Yeah, no problem. I, uh, you can't live in New Hampshire and be afraid of snow or wind, so I know. I'm comfortable I, with it. I know, I know. I, it's one of the things I love about being up here. How long have you been in New Hampshire for? Uh, since 1998. So okay. Right after college. Wow. Wow. So, so a long way. I mean, I guess I've been in, well, I've been in Northeast my whole life, but yeah, so that's, uh, so, so, so you are, you are a true, uh, New Hampshire, uh, resident, I, I suppose. Um, so let's talk about, um, I, uh, let's talk about sports visio and I actually, maybe we can come back to that because I assume that, that your life here has, uh, has uh, has inspired this product, and I know that you have kids who who play sports, and, and maybe that has inspired it as well. But let me tell us a little bit about the product Sports Visio, because I feel like a lot of people out there haven't heard of it. Uh, well, a lot of people need to hear about what you're doing. It's a startup, and um, and uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Yeah. So it was uh, inspired by kind of a recognition, as you said. You know, I'm a, a father of six, and all of my kids have played uh, soccer and basketball. And so I've been a parent uh, of kids playing sports for over 15 years and uh, coached most of them in both soccer and basketball. And uh, I've also played for almost 30 years in in different leagues uh, around New Hampshire and back in college and uh, was really just, uh, you know, always had a need. And I'm an engineer, right? So I'm very analytical and always want to get better and learn more. 
Um, so I was always interested in learning how well I did and how I could improve. And I'd go home after a game, my kids would be like, how'd you do dad? How many points did you have? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't remember. And um, I, ha- I had a friend who was talking about a game. He was like, I had 30 points and 10 assists and no turnovers. And me and my teammates were looking to like, what game was he at? Yeah. You know, but we don't have stats. So you never know. And uh, later that day, I saw... And your friend was just doing this in his head. Yeah, yeah. To yeah, kind so of, some people can do yeah, that. Yeah, some people are enthusiastic <laughs> about, uh, you know, their own performance. And um, so anyway, I saw this uh, clip of a, of a product called Pivo, and they were selling a Bluetooth motorized controlled actuator on a tripod, and the, the device would track a subject in a frame. So it was uh, girls doing a selfie video or someone doing a cooking video, and then they showed someone doing a layup in basketball, and the camera would actually pan and track them. So I jump on, online, read the message boards, and they said that it, it failed badly in a game because of the crowd, and it would just start swinging all over the place, mm. and it couldn't pay attention to what was going on. So, But it got me thinking, like, huh, what if I could take that with some AI PhD-type folks and actually t- use machine learning and, and computer vision, take that to the next level, and actually use kind of deep learning to actually follow a game and process what's happening, right? You have people wearing colored number jerseys with bright numbers on the back, putting a ball in the hoop. I'm driving a Tesla, which I drove self-driving to get to, get to I the know, We were talking about this on the studio the other day. I don't have a Tesla, but I have, I know people who do, and I got a chance to drive in one. It's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit nerve wracking, it but it's is, pretty yeah. cool. But it's, it's like magical, yeah. right? When you see technology at that level, and uh, I know you and I were talking about chat GPT earlier, you see what AI is capable of doing. I'm like this is not rocket science, right? This has got to be solvable. So I called some friends who are PhD AI types and, and they all agreed, you know, three, four high-end people for a year, you could get a prototype out the door. So then I called some customers and I was like, hey, would you pay for this? And to a person, they were super enthusiastic and, um, and they were willing to pay 50%, 50 to 100% more than I was going to charge. So there's a market uh, and a need. Um, so, and for me personally, you know, I had a tech company, uh, which I sold in 2016 and I retired in 2019. Uh, I donated most of the money from the sale to a foundation, so we set up a charity, and I've been serving as chairman of the board, chief investment officer for the foundation. So going forward, I've been investing, I've done about 30 tech investments, five private equity or real estate deals, and I was thinking, what am I doing? You know, Do, do I keep investing? Uh, I've probably got above 10% in alternative, so what do I do going forward? And I think starting a company, so my plan is to take the money I make from this company and put that back in the foundation and other nonprofit efforts to to try to add value and, and help give to others, but also solve a need that I personally experience, but I think others do too, and, and something really fun to work on. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of threads I want to pull on in, in this. So first of all, what was the what, what did the company that you sold in 2016, what, what did that do? Yeah, so it was called Siege Technologies. It was a cyber warfare uh, research and development company. So. Wow, so very different from what you're doing now. Very different, except for the fact that uh, we had a lot of PhD, master's degrees, hardcore engineers. So Sports Visio, even though we're in sports, we're really a deep tech company applied to the sports vertical. So we're focused on, you know, we have three PhDs. Uh, we're, we're recruiting a fourth PhD right now in AI and machine learning, computer vision. So we're really focused on building a cadre like I had at Siege of super smart, high-end engineers that can do really in- innovative technology. And we're just applying it to the sports area. Um, we're at Siege. We were hiring you know, high-end folks to do uh, research development, technology development in cybersecurity and cyber warfare. Hmm. So, uh, and, and your, your foundation, what does that do? Uh, so we, uh, you know, we fund different nonprofits that are doing uh, innovative work and compelling work in humanitarian causes. So uh, my wife started a group fighting human trafficking called New Hampshire Traffic Free. 
and then a different group called Expose, uh, which is specifically fighting sexual exploitation. Um, so we're obviously pretty passionate about that topic area. So uh, we fund a group called Nicosi, which is a national center on sexual exploitation. Uh, they're fighting, uh, you know, porno child porn online and, and sexting, like uh, and grooming and, and other things, rape porn and things like that, uh, as well as uh, other, you know, uh, third world developmental programs. Uh, we adopted twins, so we're, we're pretty passionate about supporting uh, orphans and uh, child development, things like that. Gotcha. Yeah. So that really just gives me a sense of like, um, you know, all your motivation and, and, and what you're doing with this thing. But I really want to get into the business. So and the tech, I want to I want to uncover the tech. But for those of you out there, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer because I want to ask about the market research you did, sure. uh, because that's kind of the part that's missing for me. I feel like I, I, I know how to dive into the tech, but then I... I when you were talking about customers that you were going to ask, like how did you figure out who you were going to ask, um, and what exactly did you have in mind in terms of what you were going to build? Uh, because you know, I feel like you were kind of coming. Were you coming at them with this fuzzy thing? Well, it's going to track your layups or something. You know, how, how did you? How did yeah. You so if you, describe if you play that? basketball uh, competitively in like a high school or college level, uh, they give you what's called a box score which is a stats page that has a bunch of standard statistics. It has field goals, field goal attempts, uh, three-pointers, free throws, assists, steals, turnovers, rebounds. So it's a standard set of uh, data points that uh, basketball players would look at. Uh, pro players, high school, college players have that. And uh, having had player, my kids played high school basketball, uh, but they often didn't even have stats because the coaches at the smaller schools can't afford to pay for $1,000 a season for something like Huddle. Huddle is a company that does this manually overseas in like India. So they record the game, you send it to Huddle, they mail it to people in India who kind of watch the game, fat finger to an app, and a day later you get the stats. Hmm. So I was like, well, what if we could do that for $350, $400 by using software? Yeah. Wait, how get much? Get it to you much faster. And yeah, give you all those same statistics. So, so how much are people paying the? Uh, what was so that high first schools one? Schools that pay about a thousand dollars. It's technically yeah. like nine hundred if you get it in twenty four hours, and twelve hundred if you get it in twelve hours. The uh, high synergy does it for about three thousand yeah. dollars for college programs. The high school will pay for that. Uh, high schools, yeah, exactly. So wow. a lot of high schools don't have the money to pay a thousand dollars. That's yeah. per team. Yeah. So maybe they only do it for the varsity boys and girls, but not the JV team or the freshman team. But smaller schools don't have the money. So right. I talked to the high school varsity coach for our, our high school, and he said he and the other coach watch the video and they manually type it into Excel or whatever. Yeah, after so they the just game, do it. And they spend hours doing that. Uh, smaller schools I know of, they don't even do it. You know, or they have a, a manager who tries to do what they can at the sideline. So again, because we can do it for so much cheaper using software, uh, there's a huge demand. People want that data. Men's leagues, again, would love to have that. They can't, they're never going to spend that much money, but would they spend $10, $15 a game to get stats? And then the cool thing is, so anyway, when I called them, the question was, would you want a box score and video highlights of all those plays? Because a cool part that we get using computer vision is we're using video to deduce the statistics. So we get a highlight clip for every single stat for free. Um, so not only can you see all your totals of points and steals and rebounds and assists, but then you can see a video clip of every play. So for kids who are trying to get recruited or kids who just want to have fun or somebody wants to sit, share a cool clip on social media, that fadeaway three-pointer they had in the corner, right. you get that now for free and you can share that online. 
Yeah, I, I, and this might not be what you're doing, but I can imagine if you have, I went to basketball camp when I was in, in middle right. school. I can imagine yeah, yeah. If, you, if they had set that up, like I could have my, my mm-hmm. the one shot that I made all summer. That's right, that's right. <laughs> that's that, exactly that right. Would get from even a, the men's league, yeah. right? Guys are doing this for fun. They're not trying to get recruited, but again, right. they'll pay a little bit extra. They're paying. It'd be cool to still have that. <laughs> yeah, uh, men's leagues are paying about 1000 to $1,200 per team, per session. Yeah. So for an extra 10, 15%, if you can get a full box score and all the video clips, like most people think that's a no brainer. Yeah. So there, I, I'm thinking like there's a little bit of magic involved here, like, the, like the, uh, of what uh, your uh, system is promising. Like, tell me if I'm wrong. This is how I imagine it in my head. Like you set up your, your phone, your camera, is it, are cameras like, like these camcorders or your yeah, phone? Yeah, no, a simple and, phone, Android or iPhone. And, and, and you set it up. Where on the court? Anywhere? Uh, like, yeah, um, on the sideline, somewhere in the middle. Um, so we is it helpful to have multiple angles? And uh, it is so, helpful to have. So our baseline. Or can you deal with multiple right, angles? Yeah, our baseline right now is two cameras, one facing one court, one facing the other. Okay. Um, but we're actually actively developing a single camera solution to make it more convenient for customers who don't have access to two phones and two tripods. Right. So we'll use that Pivo product. And so we have a partnership with them where our phone, we're pushing the AI onto the phone. It'll track the crowd and then it will pan back and forth to record the game Okay. Um, for folks that want a one camera solution. Okay. So, and, and it, it, does it actually, uh, it actually figures out the, the stats on the fly. And that is also kind of a, a source of magic. So it like, it, like, it sounds like what, what is it good at and what is it bad at? Like, can it yeah, actually, um, so can it tell when you made a layup? Can it tell what you are like, like who's who can it yeah, tell? Yeah. Uh, are there things that just can't tell? Yeah. So it, it can do all the statistics we want it to. It doesn't do blocks currently. And I don't think it does steals. Yeah. Um, is that just, you know, is there a technical issue with that or is that just like work? Yeah, like narrow? yeah. yeah. Uh, blocks we were a little worried about because it can be very detail oriented. Like when you're shooting it, if someone jumps up and it just barely touches the fingertips, yeah. we were a little worried about <clears throat> both frame rate and resolution, if that will be hard to do. Uh, and, but it's also a lower priority. Right. Um, and then, so it's, uh, right now it's slow is one of the biggest problems. The AI takes about 16 hours to process a one to one and a half hour game. Um, so we're working to speed that up. We think we can get that down to seven hours in, right. uh, in the near future. And then eventually the plan is to add uh, some algorithmic improvements as well as some optimizations and more compute power. We think we can Are get that down in real time. Are really demanding it that fast? Like- no, they, I mean, again, the state of the art right now is doing it manually right. and they get it a day like or a two day. later. So we're fine. But my vision is I want to get it so they can go right. in half time with the stats on their phone. Right, right. And you cut, cut costs. Oh, and, and the stats should be almost should be real time, yeah, right? Yeah, you should yeah, be able exactly. to see what's so going on. Yeah. support that in real time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're anywhere from 70 to 99% accurate uh, on the stats, depending on which statistic, which gym and environment. So what okay. we're doing right now is we're supplementing with humans. Uh, we have a, a 3000 person partner that has a team overseas and then they're reviewing the AI and the AI is producing stuff and then we're kind of cleaning it up. And then the plan is to take those training wheels off when we feel comfortable that the AI is 95 to 99% accurate across the board. And then we can just go full AI. So we're basically, we'll be profitable even with humans, but once we go to full AI, we'll be very profitable. It, it, it almost reminds me of the problem. I don't know if you've ever been into like an Amazon ghost store, uh-huh. but you know, I mean, those started five years ago. I haven't even seen any uh, around here that much, but back in New York, I'd go into them 
and it would know exactly what I grabbed off the shelf. And right. there'd be a little bit like, okay, I grabbed something off the shelf, but as mm-hmm. I was doing it, a child ran underneath me right. and grabbed some things below me and then ran off. And I was like, are they going to charge me for that? Are they yeah, going to yeah, char- yeah. charge the child's parents for what I was grabbing? It never happened. It was, ne- But Amazon had such a huge budget for doing this. And you're doing right. this with like kind of a smaller team. Yeah. Yeah, we've raised uh, over $3 million in venture capital. Uh, I also put a uh, half million dollars of my own retirement money into the company. Um, so we do have, uh, we're close to 30 people now. Um, so we're not all full-time, but uh, most of them are full-time. So we do have a pretty deep team and uh, are you know hitting this problem pretty hard. It, but you're right, it's not a trivial problem. Um, and I can say one of the lessons I've learned is if I was doing the company over again, I would have started with a simpler solution and then got to market faster so we could evolve. But, you know, I used to be a program yeah. manager at DARPA. And one of the things they do at DARPA is, is you're supposed to work on DARPA hard problems and they kind of ridicule people that are doing evolutionary incremental technologies. Right. And I still have that a little bit imbued in my brain of like trying to tackle the big, hard, hairy problem and uh, and kind of brought that, I think, to the to the company as well. See, well, that's interesting because I have kind of the opposite issue, whereas like, you know, the tech companies in New York, all of them, the startups and, and the big companies are always like, if you can't get it done in a few months, then we're just going to move you off to another project. Right. And like they, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 I want to work on a big project. So, you know, this last year I took on a big project myself and I'm like, ah, oh, what I want to build is going to take me 10 years. So <laughs> now I got to get back to the drawing board. I feel like there needs to be kind of a happy medium there yeah, uh, in sure. terms of, in terms of the workflow, but there is, I don't know. It sounds like there's definitely a good, a good flow you can get into in, in, in a startup where you're working on big problems, but you're also shipping occasionally, you know, yeah, every, exactly. every few weeks or every few months. So it, it sounds like you, you guys, you guys have got it. I want to, um, ask you now about the, uh, about the, the, the tech that's underneath it. So I think, you know, we've talked about image generation. I, you know, I, I've used some, some image recognition software, how, um, you're dealing with video recognition. So what, what is available? Are you using anything that's like open source, any frameworks that, that we should know about? And, um, and, and what, what did your engineers uh, tell you uh, tell you was available for them, or did yeah, you have to so buy we're, software? We're using you know it's mostly uh, you know recombinant convolutional neural networks is kind of the technology behind a lot of what we're doing. Uh, you know, OpenCV is a, a library of open computer vision libraries. Uh, there's a, a algorithm set called YOLO. You only look once. Uh, they have a bunch of uh, great libraries for uh, that you can download. Uh, some of which we've used are some open source standard approaches for detecting uh, objects, uh, multi-object tracking, uh, pose estimation, which is something we use to detect uh, players on the court, uh, number recognition. You know, we don't need to code our own number recognition library to detect jersey numbers. Right. Um, but and these is, are working on videos, not just not just images. Which that's is, right. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So. But a lot, of, uh, a lot of the I've learned, you know, as you pointed out, this is a newer area for me, which has been fun to kind of sink my teeth into a new technical domain. Um, but a lot of it actually just processes at the image level, right? So video is just a series of concatenated still video frames. So you process things on a still frame, and then you kind of chain those together to kind of track over time. So it really is uh, often done at the image level, and then it just kind of extends. Right. Doesn't that sound like... So, like, first of all, that sounds like, but wouldn't there be, like, an enormous number of images to do? And then secondly, like, doesn't there have to be some... Uh, continuity between the images like you can't tell a lay- I guess that's you right. could tell a layup from one image maybe but like it's really the full action correct that's right so it's an ongoing that's why computationally it takes so long is you're running 
we're tracking 10 players plus two to three referees plus a uh, hoop plus the out-of-bounds detections, plus the ball, plus we're doing action detection, we're doing number recognition, we're doing all these detections on each frame, and you're doing it at 30 or 60 frames a second, and then you're running that over time, so it can be uh, very computationally intensive, especially when you're running all discrete models. So one of the things we've experimented with is combining some of these models into a single estimator where we're doing jersey detection and ball detection and action detection in a single model rather than a bunch of parallelized models. So when you can do joint estimation and and joint uh, model analysis, uh, it can be more efficient. Uh, But we're also looking at downsampling. Do we need to go at 30 frames a second? Can we process at 15 frames per second? Which objects do we need to track constantly and and how can we get higher performance? So we're in the early days of how to speed that up. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like you probably have some ideas on how to speed that up. Like how would would you, can you get like 2x, 10x from what you have here? Totally, yeah, that's exactly. We, We, every single person I've talked to on the team, internally and externally, we all think we can get to real time. Uh, it's just a matter of how much GPU power do we need? What can we do from like memory bandwidth optimization, the model usage? You know, there's... Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like you might also be using frames and, and data that you don't need to process as that's much. That's right. That's right. So yeah. there's work we can do with downsampling, um, l- lower frame rates, um, quantizing some of the images or p- taking just a portion of the image where we know where the object is. Um, different heuristics we can use instead of doing everything with machine learning, but just draw a box around like the hoop and say, well, did the ball get to this area or not, you know, tracking the player. So there's tons of optimizations from both architectural to uh, algorithmic to heuristics and other things we can do and to adding more computational resources that um, we believe we can get to faster than real time for most of the algorithms and uh, real time for the whole thing. Very cool. Uh, So, uh, OpenCV, how, how did you guys decide to use it? Is that just the, the, the best one to use? I mean, I... I it's just a library of open source computer right. vision libraries. Who, who, do you know who does that? I don't. It's, oh, okay. one of the, it's an open source consortium. Gotcha, gotcha. How did... Um, so I'm always curious about like the, the start. What did your engineers do on, on, in the first week when you yeah. guys got together? Yeah, great question. So we, we started spring of last year and, uh, and really just started trying to define the problem of like all right, what does this need to look like? Um, so it was a, <clears throat> what is the problem we're trying to solve? What do the algorithms need to look like? And kind of defining it at an architectural level, like bounding box. Okay, we're going to need player tracking. We're going to need ball detection. We're going to need hoop detection. We're going to need to detect where the out-of-bounds are. Um, and who's, because again, a challenge you have at a basketball game, well, there's a lot of people there, not just on the court, but there's all these people on the sidelines. So you need to be able to distinguish people on the side from the people in the middle and have the algorithms make sure they only follow the people you're interested in. I feel like that could just be a full years long problem. Yeah, exactly. And so it has been, um, a challenge. That's why we have a a deep team. Uh, I think we have five or six people now just on the computer vision side. Um, but then we also had this big problem of there's a lot of software. So we have like really like four or five different products we've developed. So we have uh, the SV Record app, which you can download on the Android or iPhone store. And that's our recording platform. That's our software that records the game, streams it to the cloud. Then we have the SV Hoops app. That's the one that shows you all the stats and video highlights. 
Okay, yeah, because I was going to ask about that because I downloaded the SV Hoops app and okay. I couldn't do anything with it. It was there, and so there's another app that I need to download in order to. In so order to SV give a try. Record is the one that would record the game. SV Hoops, you okay. can poke around and look at that. If you go into the Explorer section, you can see other games okay. that are already in the platform, so you can see what it looks like. Okay, maybe you can show me after the show uh, to, sure. to make sure that I'm yeah, that give I'm you some right. video clips. So, so SV Record, and I can I can do this now. It, it actually works. Yep, yep, exactly. So you you know we do have it because again we're paying for all those processing of games so we will give partners like a game or two for free to test it out yeah we want only people we don't want some kid who's playing on a playground to do it we really want like customers that are actually going to sign up a program and and uh and use it for their their school or their men's league or au program Uh, but yeah so uh and then we have uh, a web platform so that's for the humans to review the game data to review the stats to make sure that um we're actually hoping to roll out a, a a do-it-yourself stats platform that'll be low cost so people who don't want to pay us to do it but maybe they have a manager somebody who wants to do it we're going to kind of move to like a stat platform uh, we also have a full cloud architecture where we're doing all the ai processing and everything um and uh so yeah we, each of those are different products that we've had to develop from scratch Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, so uh, just in terms of the, the development story, can I ask, like, what was was there like, um, what was the first moment where you guys got something working? And what was it was a particular clip and it detected something? Was, was there kind of like a holy shit, uh, it works moment? Yeah, yeah, I think um, my favorite was probably March of this year. And uh, we had a, a demo that we pulled together uh, that the AI team provided to me that really helped me see, wow, like, this is awesome. We can actually show this to partners and it really tells the story of like what we're doing. Um, so I'll give it to you here. You can take a yeah, look yeah. at it, but oh wow, this is showing bounding boxes, the ball tracking, the players, the refs, and it's doing what's called 2D homography. So we're taking 3D image, we're transposing it onto 2D surface and plotting player position on the court with yeah. the numbers. Um, and then you can see it detects a shot that goes up. And you see this video, and it's great when I'm explaining to a potential customer or just a friend, and they're like, yeah, computer vision, I don't get what you're doing. What does this mean? I show them that, and like, oh, wow, I kind of understand now. So, I, and, and I, I don't know if you guys can provide me with some of these videos, yeah, but I maybe I could have, yeah. have it uh, clipped into the, to the yep, YouTube yep. where most people are listening audio. But for those of you who are listening audio, let's try to describe this. You know, you see the video of people playing basketball, and you see, you know, boxes around each person, how, how, it's, how, it's, uh, how it's detecting each person and, and what they're doing. Um, and uh, I mean, it's a little bit like being in a self-driving car, where it detects yep. everything, uh, everything yeah, exactly. around you. So, it, you know, maybe this technology uh, has, uh, well, not maybe, but definitely this technology has applications far beyond uh, self-driving. Um, and and this looks like uh, th- th- this looks like one of them. Um, so. One thing I have here that maybe this harkens back to what we were talking about before in terms of like what works and what doesn't, but like, you know, what I want to know is, so does it know if you, if you were taking a three point shot or a two point shot, how does it, what if it's something where like the ref has to kind of tell if you were stepped on the line a little bit, is it able to do that or does it? Great great question. So yeah, so it can detect if it's a two point or three pointer because of that 2D homography. So it looks at where you are on the court. Mm. Uh, If it's right in between, that's an area we're researching of both using the algorithm to detect foot placement. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing is, in a ref game, the league, the ref should do this if it's a three-pointer. Um, so we're going to be adding action detection to track the referee's wow. hands. Okay. Um, so-, so it will detect the official call by the ref. Because even if we can tell if it's one, if it differs from the referee's opinion, we have to, we have to go with what the ref says. Right. 
I mean, eventually, maybe your software could just you're referee correct. the game. You're yeah. <laughs> we, we've already looked at that but, path. Like, I envision a future. The other thing we think we can do besides eventually instrumenting the referees is also the scoreboard operator. So most of these games, well, not most, all of these games have a human operator who sits there, and all they do is press the score button, start and stop the clock, and maybe press a whistle when people are subbing in for a buzzer. So we think uh, those can be turned into an API. A lot of the scoreboards are electronic. They have a display. And there's no reason we couldn't instrument that entire thing. And again, those people are making $20 an hour or more to sit there on the side of the game and do that. And yeah. there's no reason our software is already running. So for a marginal cost, we can uh, instrument that away. That That's kind of a really exciting possibility. And, and I'm sure you've also been talking about, you know, now when you're talking about like the big vision, uh, this is not limited to just basketball, right? That's right. Yep. So, so we're, we have a number of sports that we're looking at for what's next. Uh, probably our next step will be adding just a record an AI-based recorder to record games. We're getting tons of interest on the App Store of people just downloading us because they just want to record a game and they don't even know you can do AI stats. Um, so we, because learning the lesson I learned from this company of trying to not build the hardest problem right away, solve the hardest problem right, right. away, let's build something incremental. And if we have an AI-based recorder, we can just record video of games using AI, whether it's volleyball or uh, soccer or um, hockey, and yeah. allow people to not have to buy a $1,000 expensive camera setup, but just use a single smartphone with a $70 tripod, and then you can record games, and then we can upsell, hey, would you like AI stats, or would you like automated video highlights? We can kind of create that feature down the road, so that's kind of our plan for next year. Yeah, I'm sure even like, I, I mean, I know some people would be interested in, in golf, although that's kind of a hard right. one, because you have to, you're not setting up a single, uh, you have to reset up the camera yeah, in every hole. Places. But, I know. But, but that, that's a big stats, uh, stats one, and some of these golfers really invest in their yeah. <laughs> stats. Tennis, people stats. have been talking about pickleball a lot, which is kind of an up-and-coming Pickleball, that's, that's uh uh, that's taking over everywhere. And that's one where you could set up one camera and really get everything. So, uh, exactly. so I think that's really cool. Um, okay. So where, so how do you have any, um, so you said you, uh, already provide like a couple games free for yep. people. Yep. Uh, but um, like, how much is it? Uh, d how many customers do you have? Are, are people? Uh, yeah, so we've got ready? a couple of dozen customers. I mean, we've had places like Oxford University, uh, Miami Select down in, in Florida. It's like a semi-pro league, a bunch of high schools and uh, some middle schools, men's leagues, right in Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, Manchester Baller Association. Uh, so yeah, we have a nice diverse mix. We've had uh, inbound interest from Argentina, Turkey, uh, Spain, um, other other environments. So um, yeah, it's been super interesting to watch where the traction is coming from, and and we have really just started uh, in November, like selling to customers, and uh, and we're still working out those early beta customer bugs. Um, but as soon as we fix a couple things, when we get to the one camera, right now our uploader is a little slow, and if you get a text message or a call in the middle of an upload, it stops. And iPhone doesn't want to let you do background uploading very easily. So, but we've recoded it, and, and shortly we're going to be releasing a much more aggressive uploader that gets the code uh, video up quickly. So then we can process it. So yeah, that's going to solve a big pain point for customers. The single camera will help, and uh, and we've done some architectural things to improve the quality. So yeah, I'm super excited. I think we've had just nothing but positive feedback about the idea and the concept. A couple of complaints about the early rollout in the beta testing, uh, but it, we're kind of working our way through those. And I think by first quarter next year, we're going to have a really solid, smooth experience that um, we'll, we'll have yeah. the opportunity to really scale. How much does it cost per game? Uh, so it's about $20 our cost uh, that we charge. But if we can get uh, a league to sign up, that's only $10 per game per customer. That's 
That sounds very low. Exactly. I mean, like, didn't you say it was like a thousand dollars? Is that That's the right our comparison? Competition, yeah. So their yeah. their costs that thousand dollars ends up working out to about forty or fifty dollars a game. Oh, okay, um, okay. So they so, do multiple games for a thousand. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Okay, that thousand right. is like for you know whatever that math works out to twenty five games yeah. a season or something. Um, so yeah, so for us. We are. Um, so that's like every game. It's like, hey, someone got ten bucks, and like, exactly. You know, that's, that's well, not so bad. With a team, you have ten players yeah. on a team, so each player is paying about a dollar. Yeah. Right. So most most people, parents, and the kids, or even a men's league. I mean, a dollar a game. Guys are like, yeah, I don't care. Right. They're paying, you know, hundred and twenty five dollars to play in this league. Are they going to pay an extra fifteen bucks to get stats and video for all the games? They're like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Well, for, for people who are interested, I have a few more questions after this, but for the people who are interested, like, um, uh, where should they go to get started and try this out? Should I download one of the apps? Should they go to yeah, the website? website? Yeah, website. I mean, you can download the app, but it'll basically have you contact sales. You just fill out a form and basically tell them what you want to do. And again, we are, we're happy to talk to people that want to like kick the tires, but you know, we have had people say, hey, can I use this for pickup? Can I use this for that? Like, we really are trying to focus on the um, the more competitive market. So people that are playing reft games with jerseys and, and referees. Um, but if you have anything from a middle school, high school, men's league, AU program, college, semi-pro team, um, we'd love to support them. And, and like I said, it's it's not a high barrier to entry. Um, so we've had, uh, and we can work with people on pricing structure and things like that to kind of help make it work. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Uh, what What's it like doing a company like this uh, from New Hampshire in 2022, 2023, uh, you know, is it largely remote? Uh, are you guys, um, are you finding that um, this is a good place to, uh, to, to, to do this kind of um, application? Uh, you know, do you sometimes wish you were in a larger city? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, how, how's that work? Yeah, no, we've been fully remote. So we started in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, it was uh, early 2020 when we got started. So we didn't really have the option of going in person, right. uh, which kind of changed the paradigm. We are, our leadership is, is almost all in New Hampshire. Uh, we have a couple of people in Northern Mass, but uh, we're all kind of centered in uh, about 45 minutes around Manchester. Right. Um, but we have hired remotely. We have uh, people in California and Vancouver, Washington, uh, Vancouver, Canada and South America. And we just hired someone in, in Europe. Um, and so we're really embracing the modern work from home remote workforce. Uh, and an interesting side effect to that, that I don't think people realize, you know, the whole pandemic has introduced the value of working from home and the uh, flexibility that that offers to the, to the employee. But I think an unexpected side effect is going to be the globalization of white collar work to lower cost regions. Mm. So we're finding we can hire engineers in South America that are similar time zone to the U.S. that are about a third the price of engineers in the U.S., so I literally had a candidate who applied from Utah who wanted, you know, $160,000 a year for a machine learning position. And I had another candidate in South America who was about forty dollars or $50,000 a year for the same role. Oof. Both, both that, of them speak I don't like English. to hear that as a machine learning well, engineer. That, that's why I'm sharing <laughs> it is, is I think it's something people don't realize and think about the fact that, um, you know, if you can speak English and you're on a Zoom call, it doesn't, to me as an employer, I don't care right. what zip code you're in and people want more money to be in a higher expense zip code. But I'm like, I get it. You might want to live there, but if you have the flexibility to not live in a high cost area, you know, employers, uh, as we recognize that this flexibility of hiring people in different places, you know, there's going to be a push for, 
uh, movement abroad, which I think is something that people need to be aware of. There's going to be some downward pressure on those high-end salaries. Very cool. And you can you can sell, uh, like you were saying before, you're selling in Argentina, you're selling yeah. in yep. uh, other places. Anywhere so, they play basketball. So. Yeah. I mean, that's been true for a while, but, but even more so now, I, I would think. Um, so, all right. Great. I I think we're, we're, we're sort of getting to the end. Uh, is there anything, what are some last thoughts, um, that you have on, um, on sports visio that you want to get out and and on this interview and, uh, tell people where they can find out more about both sports visio and more about you and and everything that you do. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, regarding the company, I mean, I think our, our perspective, like I said, we're a deep tech company focused in sports and really it's stats, video and highlights. So currently we're looking at box scores and video highlights, but the future for us, we see that um, stats pricing will go down towards zero and eventually we'll be giving other things, upselling cloud storage of all the video. We're, we're gonna add video highlights and other clips for the entertainment, social media integration, uh, analytics and insight coaching, recruiting support uh, and automation of kind of the league technology. So we think that there's, there's just a lot of problems to solve there and, and that market has uh, got a lot of opportunity and then, um, so yeah, to check out the company, we're on all the social media platforms, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, and then personally, you know, you can just Google my name. Uh, Cyberson's pretty unusual uh, Norwegian name. So uh, I've been on a, a few podcasts and, and LinkedIn, Twitter. So if anyone wants to reach out, I'm always happy to connect. Yep. And, and it'll be on the show notes page uh, as well. Uh, I will, well, I'll, 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 I'll give the show notes page after the interview so that I, I know I'm getting the, 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 the episode number right, but I believe this is the last episode of the year. So Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah. Thank you. And hope you have a great uh, holiday season. Yes, you too. All right. Hope you had a wonderful 2022 and whether you did or you didn't, either way, you're looking forward to the next year. I continue to enjoy putting these shows out for you every week. So please consider uh, uh, both to support the show and to get more value from it, from me, from Aaron, and from audience members. Join our community at Maximum.Locals.com. Sign up and join the discussion today. Next year will be very dynamic for me as I have a big job search going on with at least five full-length interviews with various teams uh, in the next month. So I might need to make another move. Who knows? As I said before, I plan on doing two end-of-year shows, one solo show and one with Aaron to talk about uh, a year-scale news stories, and uh, I hope you'll join me for that. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support The Local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at Maximum.Locals.com. Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power. 